Hey everyone and welcome to episode 41 of Robbie's Backstage Bants. Today I'm joined by Jake Sharp. Would you like to introduce yourself and say what you do? Yeah man, how's it going? Uh, I'm Jake Sharp and I play Dewey Finn in School of Rock on the tour at the moment. Yes. So good, so good. Even though yeah. I never got to see the end of the show. <laughs> what, yeah. what That was crazy. That was... Mate, that was rock and roll, yo. That's, that's just what happens. That's just what was, happens. It was... It, yeah, it was, no, it was nuts. Really weird, but it was fun. It was fun. It was... Yeah, yeah, no, it was kind of like one of the most memorable of all the shows because of that reason, so... No, it's cool. 100%. No, I, <laughs> I do need to try and get back and see the end of it at some point. Um, yeah, you didn't miss that much. It was pretty close. It was yeah. pretty close. Oh. Uh, fire alarm was only, like... It only missed the finale and the bowels, like... Oh. But, yeah... Yeah, it was come back, come back and see the end. I will certainly try. Um, so my first question for you today is, what is the journey of how you got to where you are today? It's a vague one, but uh, mine is quite an odd one, um, because I didn't have any interest in being an actor, uh, yeah. as in I didn't do any drama at school. I didn't do anything as a kid. I, the first thing, I mean. The first thing that I kind of, the first time I got in, a bit involved, so basically my brother, my younger brother is, is called Cameron Sharp. He's in the biz. He's been in loads of stuff. He's like, his CV's amazing. Um, and it was always kind of his thing. And he'd do like Amdram and, and all of that. And I was never involved. Yeah. And I kind of just go to, the, go to the parties and all of that, you know, and just, um, <clears throat> and so I kind of know everyone. It wasn't until I was kind of early to mid twenties that I thought I'd give it a go. And, and people were like, my mom and my family and my brother and that were like, well blown away like it just did not seem like something that I would do um it wasn't my vibe at all no um and I was like in a band and just like not no interest in being uh, on stage um and then yeah and so then I started doing a bit of Amdram and uh, realized that I loved it and that I was pretty good at it and I got a bit of a natural kind of uh flair for it I suppose um mm. more than anything I just felt like I was I was doing something that I was um it really excited me. Um, and so I kind of gave it a little, I, gave, I did a few shows, did a few Amdram shows and that, and I thought, oh, you know what, everyone that I know is kind of going off and training and I was older than them. And I was like, you know, 25, 26. And I was like, you know, I'll just give it a go and audition yeah. and ended up doing training. And and then never had any, any inclination to do musicals because I just couldn't, I just didn't have the skill set. Like I couldn't sing them, um, had no no kind of singing voice at all can't dance or anything and and then uh, loved them loved the musicals but just was like that's a whole different thing I thought I was going to be kind of on tv or you know maybe yeah. if I was going to do anything to be like plays and then here we are suddenly fast forward a few years and suddenly I'm here we are singing this absolute belter of a part um every night it's uh it's nuts it's kind of like one, one of those weird ones where you just like you know, it's just, we've just been in Birmingham, which is kind of near where I'm from. So lots of people from mm. home have come to watch it and people who knew me 10 years ago and they are just like, it's just, it's just <laughs> not, and not at all what people thought I would be doing. No. Um, so it's cool. It's nice for that reason because it kind of all feels so exciting and new. And yeah, um, yeah. even though I'm not like, I feel like a grad, even though I'm only, you know, most grads are 21 and I'm early 30s. So yeah. <laughs> I say early thirties, mid mid thirties, mid thirties. No, but it is it's a difficult one to sing as well. It's uh it's not not easy. Mate, mate, it's the people don't give it the credit for what it is. It is I challenge anyone 
to people always come and they get you know they'll they'll be like oh it sounds like quite a hard singing and you're like have a go at singing that whole show and doing all of that dialogue without mate that will that's it's exposed some people who are thinking that they were you know very um very secure with it it's it's a lot like it's a lot it's yeah it's, i was gonna say it if it was, yeah if it was a different kind of show it would get a lot more credit than it than it kind of does but you know that's just the nature of it i think it's fantastic um yeah. so obviously you didn't or you didn't know that you were going to perform until well into you know when most people start really young but it proves yeah, you don't yeah. have to if you if you all of a sudden want to do it you can just turn around and go that's what i want to do which is oh yeah i think great to see that i think it also has a has a plus you know both have got like both have got positives and negatives but my fear i think with people that are like want to do it from such a young age is that they haven't ever thought about anything else and mm-hmm. and this industry is like it is just just constantly getting rejected and it's constantly even when you've got the work it's constantly been you know you'll be knocked down and um it's never really um you're never secure and 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 i think that the the, the advantage for someone like me who came to it late is that i did other work i worked as like i was a builder i trained to be a teacher i like i worked for the police for a little while you know like just kind of all trying to do just different stuff to find out what i wanted to do um mm. and and so i've kind of experienced other jobs and um and you kind of you know so then when you're doing this you do feel very lucky to be doing it and uh, and it isn't something that you've kind of put a lot of pressure on whereas i think people yeah. who do it from such a young age there's such a pressure and and my fear a little bit with that so to go back is that like if your dream your entire life from the age of six is to be in the west end then once you get into the west end what happens you know yeah, you've done your you've fulfilled your dream and also what happens if you don't get into the west end because it doesn't really matter if you're in the west end or not it doesn't make any difference you can be doing anything else you can do well amazing stuff and not ever work in the west end and yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, and it just feels like a big pressure that people put on themselves so yeah it's kind of i i always say just try and try and live a little bit of another life you know even if it's just when you're when you've graduated or whatever just going and doing some other job which everyone has to do unless you're the luckiest person in the world um yeah and then it kind of gives you a bit of a balance of of what what it is to be in a musical you know it's really good um so what's it been like going back to performing after the pandemic then like how's that felt being back on stage yeah it's been amazing I, I actually think it's been um it's kind of been not better it's been very different it's been very heightened since since before um and I think that that's for a lot of reasons I think it's for for from personal reasons for your for as performers to have something that you have that you love taking away to have yeah. no option to do it couldn't even do it as a hobby couldn't even do it you know get get some friends together and put on a show you know you couldn't having all of that taken away then gives you a whole new appreciation for it um i also think that being in this industry like i say is so it's just so full of it's constant you're on like a travelator that you're constantly being rejected or you're being everything moves everything can change so quickly you can be at your lowest point and then three days later you get a phone call and suddenly you're boom you know you're yeah. you're on the way you're, you can be in something amazing and and so that keeps you on your toes but when that travelator stops it gives you time to like look back and reflect and be like oh i'm really proud of what i've achieved i've never even thought about it or i'm yeah. really i really want to work on this or i really want to focus on the, you know so it gave everyone a bit of time so you can feel that people now that they're back at work as the actors there there's a definite kind of new appreciation for it 
we were all very lucky that we're in work at any point but definitely at the moment we're very lucky definitely. and then from audience point of view and that and that, that i think that applies to like crew and everyone everyone backstage everyone who puts together a musical you know there's a whole new kind of thing for it um yeah and then audience point of view i think it's just it it's just made them they seem to be just way more engaged it's like if, again because the novelty uh, was was taken it was taken away from them and now it's, it's like a it's, a it's a new thing it's a new a new experience again and um, what we found uh, definitely at the beginning of the tour, but I still think it happens now, is that the beginning of the show can be quite slow to get going. The audience seems to be quite reserved. They're kind of watching it like they're watching yeah. the TV. And then suddenly you can feel them be like, oh, no, we are out, out of our living rooms and we're with other people. And, and then it yeah. just builds and builds and builds. And audiences on the whole have been raucous and it's been amazing. And they've absolutely loved it and really connected with, I think with theatre in general, but with our show, it's, we, you know, our show is so positive and it champions yeah. everyone and it's kind of you know it's all about hope and um and kind of collaborating and, and and there's a real feel at the end that everyone's kind of hopefully a bit inspired or at least um you know fully entertained um so yeah it's been yeah. it's been a whole whole a bit of a whirlwind but uh, unbelievable experience no amazing amazing so how have you pre prepared for your role within the show how did you prepare for this role well, I was doing it, I did it in the West End. Yeah. Luckily, luckily for me and for Alex Tompkins, who's the alternate, we were both in the West End. Mm -hmm. um, so he plays Dewey at certain performances. Um, we were both in the West End and we both were covers um, and then kind of have worked our way up. And so we've got to, we've been very fortunate where we've got to kind of watch, that's quite an unusual thing in, in yeah. the industry, you know, to, to work your way up. And, and, and I think that the beauty of it for this part for this role is that we've got to see what it entails and be able to kind of dip our toes into it and then work work towards it know what our weaknesses are and what our strengths are and kind of be able to build slowly yeah um, whereas people who've come in cold and have just had to suddenly just be playing the part of it's it's a massive impact you know it's a real shock to the system so yeah. so we were we were we were lucky that we knew what was coming when we, when the tour was announced and you know when we were cast and um and and kind of had to work on a lot of different things you know I have to work on, for me, I just want to be as fit as possible, yeah. like as physically fit, but obviously you can't look like you're an athlete. You have to look like Jack Black, you know, you yeah. have to have a, or at least you have to look slightly <clears throat> disheveled. And uh, so that's kind of a, a bit of a balance. And vocally, like we said, it's not even just the singing of it, it's the dialogue is just so high energized and so consistent and he doesn't leave the stage at all. And, no. and so, so actually you find that sometimes the songs, uh, are, even though they're ridiculously high American kind of twangy rock, they're almost a relief because some of the scenes are so exhausting in themselves, yeah. you know. And uh, so it's just a lot of working on fitness and stamina and um, and trying to kind of make sure that you don't, you know where you where your show is and that you don't blow out. Um, it's like the thing we always say, you know, whenever a cover goes on for Dewey and wherever their first show, or even if they have a, just a, a cover run or anything, it's always like, mm. make sure that you don't, you save something. Don't use all your energy by the end of you're in the band because you have got another hour and a half to go. Like it's such a, it's a marathon. Yeah. And, uh, but you have to make it look like it's a sprint. Um, so it's kind of a bit of a, bit of a, you know, a, a fine line. But yeah, there's been a lot of that and, and just trying to, think of new jokes <laughs> yeah so is that what you find the most challenging about the role then like the stamina keeping that through for sure yeah I, I find I'm quite fortunate that I find that 
I think what some people struggle with is the is the the length of the show, as in like you, it's it is like a roller coaster. As soon as it starts, you don't have time to reset. You know, most parts you get to sing. You know, you do a song or you do a scene, and then you go back to your dressing room. And if it's gone well, you kind of reflect on it. If it's gone badly, you have to try and shake that off. And mm. um, but you get time to go and have a, a sip of water or talk to your friend in the dressing room or whatever. But there's none yeah. of that at all. Um, you know, and it's literally just you run into the wings. Someone towels your face off you smash some water in they spray your mic to get the sweat out and then you're back on stage you know it's yeah um so i think that i'm quite lucky that that is i really really enjoy that that's like what i thrive on that is my favorite bit of it really is that is the intensity of it um mm. however the knock-on of that the next day is how exhausted you are so it's then trying to be able to replicate that night after night after night um and so, yeah, the thing that I find the hardest is is definitely having a really, really amazing show and you feel great and you feel great after it. And then the next day, you obviously have a massive knock. It's a massive impact. Yeah. And then you feel wrecked and then have to spend basically the entire of the next day just trying to get yourself ready to be able to do the evening one. And then, mm. so, and then the day after that is obviously worse than it was that day. So it's kind of just... <laughs> it's that that's the, that's the bit that's hard work I, I look forward to one day being in a job when I can just go and have a normal life and then rock up in the evening and do the show rather than it being from 10 a.m just thinking whether your voice is going to be able to wake up or you know yeah or whether you're going to be able to move out of bed because your back's so sore or whatever but um yeah I wouldn't change it though no it's it's amazing now the next thing is something I got Becky Locke to do when I chatted to Becky Locke is summarise the show as quickly as you can. Uh, right. Oh, okay. So it's about... So the show is about a guy who has all of the ambition and the, uh, the dream and the love for something. He's so passionate about something and he, has, he isn't able to fulfil that. And he, through tricks... It's very hard to do he kind of <laughs> finds himself in a, in a place where he can teach that to a younger generation and they can teach him how to grow up. Yes. That's terrible. That's yeah. terrible. It's, it's impossible. About right. No, it's, about right. That, was, that was bad. That was bad. I wish the <laughs> I show was that way. That'd be nice. Well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> nice 75-minute show. Um, so the next thing I've got for you is some fans' questions. Okay, hit me. Excitement. So the first one is from Trevor, and Trevor's asked, if you forget a line on stage, what do you do? Uh, I have a panic attack. Um, no, uh, it happens quite a lot. It happens, it's kind of touch wood. It's rarer that we forget the lines. Sometimes the kids forget their lines, um, you know, which obviously is going to happen. Um, it has happened that I've tried. It, it depends. I find that it's the most scary thing in the whole world. Yeah. however if you're like halfway through the show it kind of doesn't feel bad you just kind of just go mm, and just brush it off i always try and think of me and alex have talked about this again the, the alternate we have different methods he kind of just splurts out something that he thinks is close whereas i um i kind of try and think of what's happening in the scene and trying to and put it in my own words but i think his is better yeah um, because it keeps the scene moving um, whereas mine sometimes can then go off onto a bit of a tangent, um, but you just got you just got to really really hope that it's someone the person that is in the scene with you can remember what the next line is and they can just bring you back. Um, yeah. But it's oh it's terrifying. And the thing is that it feels like the worst thing ever. And then afterwards 
you say to the someone in the audience or to whoever you're like oh and they're like oh i didn't notice and you're like what it was the literally felt like it was about 15 minutes of me stood on stage it feels so long doesn't it you're like oh oh it's just terrible it's mortifying it's absolutely oh. mortifying but it's um, happened to everyone it's weird um the next question is from Eva, and Eva's asked, what's been your favourite venue on tour so far? Uh, hmm. Manchester was nuts. Um, the crowds were nuts. It was just after the New yeah. Year. They were There was a particularly a couple of the shows which were just, like, ridiculously... Like, everyone in there was so vocal. Um, but I, I love being in Belfast because I've never been... Well not for years the city's amazing really cool place to be um really enjoyed it um and edinburgh but then and then oh i don't know the local ones for me like wolverhampton birmingham have obviously got a special park because i did like amdram there so going back but i would say probably i i think it probably was manchester it just was a i i was just coming back from horrible covid and uh, and so it was a real kind of mega mega boost of a just a, an amazing amazing yeah. crowds so yeah, you know, did that probably. to get back to it as well. <laughs> yeah, probably, but I feel bad about everyone else because everyone's been amazing. Um, Jess has asked, who is your biggest inspiration? Uh, my biggest... Mm, I, I mean, it has to be my brother because he's the one that I've literally just... I watched him the whole time. Yeah. I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for him. Even though he's younger than me, like... I watched him on stage. I, everything I ever learned about how to be on stage was from watching him. Um, you know, him getting jobs, massive jobs, and and all of this like before I'd even thought about it. You know, was he he, I, he kind of has paved the way. And and also I've seen the rejection and I've seen all of that stuff firsthand from someone that I care about so much. So actually, it means that now then when I get it, it's not as painful because I know that someone yeah. that I you know that so it. much experience. Yeah, yeah, that it happens. And also I've seen how, you know, when you've got someone that you're that close to, that if you see how they react to it and then you go, well, okay, well, then maybe I need to react to it in a similar way or maybe I wouldn't yeah. react in that way, you know. So I've kind of been able to live a lot of it through through him and with him. Um, and and he's been my, yeah, he's been my biggest. And he's, I think he's the most talented person ever. He's unbelievable. And, um, and so we have a kind of a real mutual respect and, there's never a competition there and it's just it's just nice so yeah i think yeah i think he would be he would definitely be the one he came to watch the show the other night oh lovely the most excited i've been was knowing that he was what you know that he's watching you know so that's kind of yeah. yeah so yeah so cameron sharp yes um the next question is from olivia and olivia's asked what would be a dream show for you I want to be Beetlejuice. I would love yes. to be Beetlejuice. Yes. I would absolutely love to be Beetlejuice. Yes. I'm putting, that into, I'm putting it into the atmosphere, into the Let's make it happen. Because Let's make it happen. I'll be there. And the final yeah. fans question is from Brooke. And Brooke has asked, what advice would you give to young aspiring performers? I would say I have two things that I think came straight to my head. The first one is sounds really pathetic, but be nice. Be a nice person. It means the world to everyone if you are working with a cast or um, crew and creatives who are nice if someone isn't nice i just have an unbelievably less respect for them yeah. i don't want them to do well i don't want to work with them again i want them to you know it, for me it's so important if 
the amount of people that you hear of once you're in the kind of in the biz a little bit i mean i'm very much still on the outside i've only really done this and but you hear of like people that get employed a time and time again because they're just really cool to work with they're really mm. fun they're really nice there's no bother there's no ego um and so that's my first one is just it's just be a nice kind person because actually annoyingly the industry sometimes lacks that um yes. and the second one would be to try as a young even as a, i mean even a, anyone in the industry but especially as a young aspiring performer just try everything and what i mean by that is like go and have if you know someone who plays the piano just go and have a few lessons see whether you love it see go and do so for me i really really wish that i could play the piano i really wish that i could have either i either i could dance um and i wish that i'd been and done those dance lessons when i was younger because it's way easier to learn when you're younger but also yeah. it gives you more time to kind of master them and you just don't know what your thing's going to be the amount of people that you hear that have got into a bit of kind of like almost it looks like through luck have got into a room or got a job because they happen it happened that they could play the flute um and then they needed a flautist and then next thing you know yeah. blah, 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 they're amazingly successful and they're not playing the flute anymore but it's just that thing that gets you in it's that usp you know that unique selling point but also it's just something that it might be something like the piano or like dance or anything painting even it could just yeah. be this other thing that gives you your creative um fulfillment that isn't related to your job because the what where the pressure comes is when if you are a for example a fantastic singer and you want to be in musicals and you want to be singing and then you're not getting any work suddenly that thing that you love so much is the thing that you're relying on to bring you joy and income and it actually can be quite hard work so yeah. just try all these different things. Just try them all um, and just see. You might, you might love them all and, and you'll never regret having tried them. There'll be never a point where you'll be like, oh, I, what a waste of time those jazz lessons were. You know, <laughs> just, it doesn't happen. Um, yeah. And yeah, just the more skilled you are in all these different areas, you just never know. You never know. Yeah, well, good advice. Good advice. Now, the final thing you've got today is the School of Rock quiz, which I have formed. Oh. I'm having a sip of tea before it happens. Yeah, you'll probably need it, to be fair. To be, to be honest, I've been fairly nice. Uh, okay. I think, anyway. So the first question is the probably the not nice one, uh, and that is, how many tracks are in the original Broadway cast recording? Uh, I mean, I'm guessing, but I know there was a the couple of extras. It's a solid like weird number. Versions. It's 16. 20. Is it? Yeah. Oh, to be fair, you weren't far off though. 16. I don't know. Pretty, pretty bad. But they got that Patty song in there that's so good that it's not in the show anymore. Mm. Oh, we need that okay. back. Right. Um, the next one. Who was the original Broadway Dewey? Alex Brightman. Yes. Very Which good. is another reason good. you'd make a great Beetlejuice. It's just, yeah, it's just written in the stars. His, I'm trying just... to copy his, copy his uh, career. Yeah, wicked, you know. Uh yeah, I mean, Matilda. I'm wicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's amazing, he's unbelievable. He's so the next talented. the next one is what year did the show open on Broadway? Uh 2000 and... what was it? Oh no, 2013? 
2015. Oh, damn it. Two years out. 2015? Yeah. It doesn't feel like it was. Like that was... That's not that long ago. Seven years old now. How about I just did the maths and I knew it was seven years old and I thought it was 2020 still. That sounds... I'm still stuck there too. Don't worry about it. I'm still there. (laughs) The next one is more of a uh, general. It's what year did the School of Rock film come out? It's like 2003. Well... I'll give you that because I'm pretty sure the American release was 2003. The UK release was 2004, but okay. I'll give you the 2003. You can have that. I I, know, I think that's what they use on some of the on some of the blurb. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take that one. We'll take that. We'll take that. And the last one, you sh- if you don't get this one, where have you been? Which which theatre did the show play on the West End? Well, the Gillian Lynn slash the New London Theatre, as yeah. it was when it first started. I was gonna say if you didn't get that one, then yeah, I mean, that is my entire CV, so I should definitely get that one. <laughs> that's all that's written on there. Both theatres, <laughs> both names as well, just to really pad it out. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to get them on there. Yeah, for sure. Just in case, you never know. But aside from that, that is it. So I want to thank you for joining me today. And I also want to thank anyone who's watched this episode for watching it and remind people to subscribe. That is free. So, you know, it's pretty nice to do that too. Do it. Uh, follow me on the socials because they're linked below. Go follow Jake because give him the love. Go see him on tour. It's still going. Still going. It's going. It's going for another eight months or something. So seven Houses. months. So get yourself there. Time. Get yourself to the tour. And um, yeah, thanks for watching. And I'll see you on the next episode.